about the craze Sweeping Chennai to LA Cobra 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 Do you want to do this dance? I can put you in a trance Cobra 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 Hi, so welcome back We're now going to, I think, talk Have sort of more of a critical lens On the protests that have emerged And this isn't to like shit on the protests or to you know just in like very stark like social media terms like call something problematic or cause you know like it's not to like ship or to call it problematic we're not like operating like that it's more just like um looking at the protests and seeing how we can ensure that um our demands are met um and ensuring that we like what do we need to do to win and i think that is something we both have concerns about of like this is great this moment is great but we have worries about is this us a flash in the pan right yep yeah and um i think the first thing that i wanted to ask you is like who in bangalore what is like the what are like the groups unions civic society groups like unions political parties whatever that have come together to protest like what is this coalition so uh if let me just do like a quick timeline so huh. before the jamia uh, violence happened there was a congress uh, protest at town hall in bangalore uh, that also had many posters with uh, pro assam ethno nationalist slogans on them etc yuck uh, yeah exactly so and then on monday uh, there was a student led protest in iic the at town hall there were actually two protests that were going on at the exact same time funnily enough uh so one was a group of people who were being called hambarat ke log i mean sorry yeah. if i'm getting this wrong because they also organized another protest later in the week on thursday on the well, national yeah. protest day the august kranti and... one was hambarat ke log as well yeah. so i think and... they're like a national yeah yeah and i think on monday again there was also aidso which is a left i think student organization uh that was like half an hour later and they both had posters out but then it sort of converged this uh <laughs> uh protest was sort of hijacked by political party leaders like from the congress who had showed up and they just got like they gave speeches and they gave interviews to the press at the same time anyway Tuesday was a student-led protest again, which was extremely apolitical. Uh, mm. And then on Thursday there was a Hambarat ke log protest at town hall at 11 a.m. And at the exact same time there was a united sort of left parties protest at CPIM, CPIML, all of them, uh, which was in Mysore Bank Circle. And that was Thursday. There's been nothing on Friday, Saturday, as far as I know. No, Saturday had another student-led protest. uh same student leader organizing that and then finally today has been a another collective that's calling themselves the joint action committee it's supposed to be yeah like same same the the protest yeah. this week in bombay it's the same like i'm really sort of i have so many questions about who exactly are these organizations because if it's anything i learned from the bombay one is that the the, the two bombay protests that i've gone to is that there is no ideological affinity between these different groups and that we're actually all a big hot mess um yeah. and 
you know, I think it's great that, you know, apolitical people are joining the protest. And I'm not here to like, this isn't to gatekeep, because I think often that's what ends up happening. It's like, oh, you're gatekeeping who can participate in protests. No. But for me, it's more a question of like, what is the future of this movement? When are we all on the same are, are we all on board with the same set of demands? Because um, I know like, okay, like CAA, you know, like scrap CAA, that is a demand that, um, you know, that we can all agree, like we can agree on. Like um, there's steps that we uh, want our politicians and our I, state governments to take, I guess. I think even there, there is a bit, like there is a proposed amendment to CAA and I think some people are pushing for that version of the CAA rather than the scrap CAA and all that, that changes is it removes any prescripted religions or regions and it just says persecuted minorities uh which sort so of then would would so that would then i guess include Ahmadiyyas from pakistan or like that would yeah that would include or any, rohingya muslims yes so any region okay. any persecuted uh group i don't even think it uh would point out persecuted yeah religion. I mean, I think one really interesting question, and this is something that was then the the Communist Party of India Marxists, like the dissent note, um, yeah. was them calling for India to have like um, a refugee policy that sort of exactly. doesn't, yeah. uh, that doesn't, you know, rely on these like, on, on these stereotypes um, against refugees and asylum seekers in the country, just migrants at large. I feel like the fact that India maybe has, doesn't have like um, an articulated humanitarian like refugee policies also what is shoring up a lot of these problems because we actually aren't in agreement about what do we do about persecuted people at all in this country. Like we don't, like I think there's very little focus on what is the framework and policy that should be guiding us on this. Um, and I really appreciate that the CPIM brought out this larger like structural historical problem within India that we haven't been able to answer these questions. Yeah, and like what's, also important is that some people are anti-CAA because it's of this because religions being mentioned and regions being mentioned is unconstitutional and still others are anti-CAA because they're like we don't want any illegal immigrants so mm -hmm. it's possible to be anti-CAA and still be on different sides yeah and still argument. be a fucking xenophobic piece of shit okay. um but like yeah, so I think that's like largely my, like my concern is that when that if there isn't going to be like a central organization that is helping us figure out these pony questions, like what are we going to do? Because I have seen because I am seeing this because at the protests that I went to, I saw these like banners and things like that where people were talking about you know fee hikes. Um, where people were talking about Article 370, people are talking about the trans bill. I think there is a group of people who want to turn this into an anti-BJP protest at large, but that is not going to be the case with every stakeholder or every group that is coming on board to protest this. And I think that is concerning in the sense that um, I don't fully understand what the demands of this movement even are. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what we could would hope for is that like, if you would look at, say, a place like Hong Kong, uh, they were protesting something very specific. But even after the government, uh, you know, withdrew that, uh, they yeah. are continuing to protest. Yeah, so I mean, I think that a ideal. lot of, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of protests, like even if you look at Chile and Lebanon, but like this, 
spate of like student led protests so like it starts out with like a small thing like like um like transport fee hikes or whatever like it starts out with something like that and it like balloons into something bigger because it's essentially a group of people saying like we fucking hate the party in power like we fucking hate yeah. our government and we like you know and like so i think it's often these things that i think unite people in a certain i think unite people because it affects everyone that then sort of turn into these things um that has a larger larger like like a larger agenda um and i think ultimately that's what the bjp is terrified of um and I mean, it's like, why it's like reacting so harsh yeah it they, yeah they, it absolutely should be um yeah but and i think like yeah yeah and no, what i was going to say is i think that certain things will help uh, to realize that uh, one fact is that a lot of the sloganeering a lot of the posters have actually just been anti bjp like you said uh, from your modi sala chor hai sort of slogan yeah. to, uh, uh, like bure din wapas de do placards yeah. and uh, so even the that, use of memes yeah. like i feel like the reason why people on like like i feel i feel like memes allow like people on social media like especially younger people who to have this like act like participate in the process in terms of like expressing their individuality like through their use of memes and like protests and banners i think it's fun um, yeah exactly and people are printing that out and then taking them to poster of like yeah. protest as well yeah uh, yeah Um, but and another thing yeah. i think that would be important is that so we have i think even if you were to say that look a lot of these groups have nothing to do with each other there are a few people who are sort of spearheading a lot of this at least in a public way right like mm-hmm. whatever the organizations are doing in the background there are a few people who are communicating these things and people are trying to looking started to look to them so in bangalore that might be say alf right that's one of the mm-hmm. organizations where you know that they know what's going up on in terms of protests you know that they are actually working on the ground to get detainees out and working on the ground to get permissions for the protests mm-hmm. and uh, you have uh, you know so if we were to we were able to sort of get these people to communicate further demands as time goes on it sort of could become imbibed for example right now nobody is calling for any kind of uh you know uh how would you say carceral justice or even like any kind of like no, no one's calling for heads to roll for what's happening in places like mangalore in up and i think those are important yeah. demands right now uh, yeah so what has happened is like so in mangalore like protesters have been killed in up the state mo- a lot of cities in the state um towns in the state are in lockdown and um have do like basically don't have internet access and the reports coming in so far is that um muslim homes and muslim localities are being attacked like gruesomely and that the police is arresting um large groups of muslims some are minors um and the death toll just keeps going up but um it's terrifying because i feel like up is tinderbox like it is ready to explode at any given moment um and i really think that this sort of violence ties into the agenda of the caa and the nrc and why it is such an existential threat to muslims in the country is because it's basically a way to um it's basically like a 
semi-sophisticated way of getting Muslims out of this country into detention centers where they will be rendered without, where they will be disenfranchised of their voting rights and re rendered like stateless. So they basically want to create like a stateless population of Muslims so that they can, you know, enlarge and expand the Hindu vote bank while basically decimating Muslims as a way of ensuring that they always stay in power. And what is truly freaky to me about the BJP and like their rise to power and all of that is the fact that they're using democratic processes to achieve all of this. You know, like right. this is not right. some dictatorial, like this is like this isn't a dictatorship. Like they 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 have basically using weakened, state machines. Yeah, they basically weakened every institution of democracy um to be able to go ahead with this. Which is why I think that I've just interacted with like leaders who I think have just like oh like the, the BJP isn't that they like um stupid or like sorry like not I don't talk in Hindi but like they basically have said that like oh like um these people in the BJP like they don't know what they're doing and like Modi and Shah the biggest idiots and like who can beat people power and I'm like no like I've like I feel like we're making a mistake by like not engaging with this threat at like an electoral political like at the most like at the most like electorally I think a lot of people aren't thinking about like how do we make sure that we win because this is ultimately they're doing this assault through democratic institutions and state machine yeah what like... does our response you know like and I think it terrifies me a little when I see like people who are apolitical and people who are like don't don't bring your political parties into this and like I saw a lot of that in Bombay a lot of students being like propaganda and he, every time someone from a party tried to talk they were like no propaganda no propaganda and I understand <laughs> our parties have failed us but the fact is is that I think that this is a right opportunity for us to really get people involved in a larger political organization because I really think that's what we need. I think we need, like, I, I personally think that's what we need. I have my concerns over like this whole thing of like leaderless protests, especially in a country like ours. Like it's really, yeah. Yeah, I think that the long term, the end game is not being thought of when people say, hey, we don't actually associate with any political party. It went to an extent that yesterday's town hall protest uh, in the evening was organized by the CPIM's theater wings and CPI, that's called Samodaya. And they actually guaranteed people that uh, we are going to keep this protest like political party and political symbol free. All right. And mm -hmm. it's like, and they got a huge turnout at, at town hall. It's like, the I think one of, if not the biggest, one of the biggest protests at town hall in the past week. And it's, it's freaky to me that a political party like the CPM, maybe the theater wing, that is the modus operandi. I wouldn't know. But it's like, where do we go from there? Now, you have a bunch of people who are against it's, it. Yeah. Now, okay, so who are you going to vote for next time, for example? Yeah, like, who are the who are the leaders that we are propping? I mean, I think that this, the BJP, I, like, I think the RSS has, you know, I've said this in multiple episodes of this podcast, but the RSS has sort of staked its claim on so many different aspects of our lives like just think of how many wings they have from like they have a fucking muslim division in the rss oh, wow. you know like you know, know so like just think about how deeply embedded rss is at a fundamental cultural social level in this country forget political so when when i think about oh god like the insurmountable task of like defeating the rss them out, yeah 
yeah like how do we i mean i understand the leadership leaderless protests are like difficult to repress because there isn't you know one person that you they know the state can clamp down but my fear leaderless protests is that um even if they might be difficult to repress i think that they might be prone to like losing gas in the tank like there there might be this thing of like it will weaken because there's no larger like call to like there's no like there's nothing that is guiding and motivating people in like a central way um and um and there's no way for us to even mediate or think about our internal differences because even for us to have even for that to happen like you need like an organization to initiate that process of like people being able to talk about what the list of demands are like what the strategies are like all of these things that's true and i'm not sure that i mean at least for bangalore as an example like i'm not sure how we would even move towards a place where we are propping up like an alternative because people are so vehemently mm-hmm. against looking at even a single political party symbol there was even a post put out saying that you know if during the student protest it said that if you see if you identify anyone who's a non student who tries to uh, slogan you you as a student have the authority to tell them not to and the goal i mean obviously that's that fucked up. that's fucked up but that's like weirdly elitist yeah, also extremely elitist and the thing is that the intention yeah. though was we want to make sure political party people don't hijack this right and it's like oh, it's like i like if they're going to that extent to try and keep political party people out then how when are they going to engage with the electoral politics problem no. at all like no but not even yeah electoral politics for sure but i just feel like to have like i feel like people need to be organized and need to have some kind of group membership even so that one day if we have to show up for like a, a, a like a union protest like we need solidarity we need coalitions right we can't just like we need to be able like i as a muslim who is privileged socio economically need to be able to also be part of an organization that houses someone who is a garment industry worker and i need to be able to show up for them as well and i'm just like how do we then create like abhis this is a very like i don't know, like idealistic like head in the clouds question of course like of course people have thought about this question before in terms of like like it's a no brainer right like we all need to show up for each other's causes but like but like but really like how are we thinking about creating like a broad base of um and the same way the rss is like shakhas and the rss is like members standing up to lakhs and lakhs of people like how do we ensure that we are similarly organized because i really think that is what it will take to um, sort of undo like from a grassroots level the, yeah. yeah like we need to we need to think about this because i'm really scared this is going to be flash in the pan i keep thinking next week what is going to happen do we need more and more images of muslims being killed and students being beaten up and students arms being amputated like do students at anu have to be fodder for a political hindus to go out into the streets i'm terrified of this and i'm thinking that we shouldn't have rely on these manufactured like um like not manufactured but like these images of violence being enacted against muslims to sort of get people out on the streets i think that is this cause and effect like reaction based relationship that i'm very scared of because i think then we will constantly have to offer up 
you know ourselves as like martyrs so that you know people come and protest like what like yeah yeah that's true i see that happening you have to constantly keep people outraged and enraged by saying these are the number of people of that yeah. right it can't be an outrage driven thing it has to like i really feel like it has to become an it has to really turn into something that is an ideologically driven thing exactly because i think ideology is what sustains us ideology is what brings us together that's true and like i think bjp has made their main mistakes on the front where they've given us enough to be enraged about uh they could have taken this as slow as they wanted to and made sure that you know that in up and in delhi that they were not brutal at all and then they could have bureaucratically and economically murdered a number of people and no one would have batted an eyelid so there is something to be said mm-hmm. for the fact that because they sort of uh exercise this impunity we have this opportunity but like this has to become something other than that if we're waiting for them to stop yeah. being violent and they will simply stop being violent and then what does that mean that our demands have been met no but does that mean we'll stop marching possibly yeah and another thing is that they've already started like pussy footing their way around this like if you see like you know then saying that no it's not this bad it is it like certain political leader like state governments will be like no we won't do this but they aren't do they they making statements but they aren't actually doing it and my fear is that they're going going to like very like maneuver themselves in a way that people's immediate fears are assuaged and like people aren't in this state of like you know exactly. like anger and frenzy but it the situation on the ground is not going to change and believe you me this government is going to do that because this government is extremely good at pr like more than anything they're really good at representing themselves and i know that they've been coming to they're coming to controversy now because modi is like nahi hoga nahi hoga nrc nahi hoga like he's yeah. fucking mooing like a cow in heat the way he talks it's like 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 that, that's literally his voice it's so annoying yeah. and um yeah sa sa you know like cow yeah and he's just straight up lying he's like there's no there's no all india and us you said that and there's no detention center there's one like very close by and back out very close meanwhile meanwhile it sounds like oh like yeah let's pull up a selfie of modi at the detention center course the selfie of yeah selfie of modi and like akshay kumar at the detention center it's it's just mind boggling um, the kind of things people will fall for but like uh I think the other interesting thing related to what you said is that now we need to make this grassroots. But what's actually happening, from what I notice, is that a lot of people who are privileged are going ahead and doing what they can in the way they know how. So, like for example, now I'm I we started from our left study circle started this protest group because we were like, okay, we don't want to like uh, have only protest talk on a group that's not about that. now that has grown mm. into this like 200 and something people group and there are lots of offshoot groups just forming impromptu like uh, somebody said like hey we should make tiktok videos which are like left leaning suddenly there's a group of whatsapp group where people so have come cute. together to make tiktok videos uh, hey we should make an app <laughs> yeah very bangalore thing and then today yeah. after the protest uh, someone said you know we should help these volunteers clean up and then suddenly this after like a bunch of people got, got together and helped them clean up and then now they're saying hey we should make a group that's just for logistics for you know uh, for protests so and like there's the postcard protest i don't know if you saw that uh, which is like 
a completely like offline plus online thing where you basically the idea is we flood the government, the central government with postcards talking about how we don't want CAA and it's this coordinated effort and there's a group again in Bangalore with hundreds of people where people are just sitting and making postcards to send to the government and the whole idea is that we overload them with postcards and like it's I'm so I'm so that's I, I I've never felt a stronger desire to use the R word. I'm not going to like what the fuck. Yeah, I, it's like so. It's like these like we know these particular ways. We know how to make WhatsApp groups. We know how to make memes. And oh we know my god! So we're gonna do that, you know. So like, I think that what at best what might happen if things continue the way they are is that we're going to develop like a, a bougie protests v two. But we're not actually going to engage with yeah, the grassroots level. Yeah, that's such a. That's such actually that's such an inch. Yeah, the fact that you call it bougie, bougie like lip pro. That's such a thing. I feel like that. Yeah, you like hit the nail on the head. And um, I mean, I I also don't want to claim that this is just like a metropolitan city movement, um, because it's not. But at the same, I mean, I feel like the people who are, um, who are protesting in, you know, um, like non-tier one um, cities are actually at risk of greater violence. Um, but at the same time, I, I do think that there is a fundamental problem in all of these cities, which house so many different types of people and people with serious privilege. You know, um, and I and I, I mean, I don't think we can afford to like not have these people in the movement and be like, oh, like we don't need them. I think we do, like we do need them. Yeah. Um, and we but need all yeah, kinds like, of protests. Totally, we need all yeah. kinds of protests for sure. But I know, but this is actually my fear because I think that I like the thing that has always sort of bugged me about this, like, like this love for the leaderless movement, this fetishization of it, is that it's like underpinned by oh, we don't need organizations to protest anymore like we don't need central organizations for movements anymore because the internet has replaced that function and the internet has sort of this um available architecture to allow people to communicate to inform to rally whatever and i think that what that ends up doing is like treating internet users as though they're members of an organization which i think is the really i think it's 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 something that the, like like i feel like it's something we're going to hit a wall with this you know, we're going to hit a wall with just forming WhatsApp groups. Um, we're going to hit a wall with just coming up with memes. It's great for this current moment to have these people come out and these have these people. For a lot of people, I'm sure, it was their first protest. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. You know? Um, but I think that, yeah, I think my fear is that um, when people just start seeing themselves as part of this, like, decentralized thing, and they constantly need something that makes them mad to go out to protest, instead of, you know, seeing the government in the way that it's functioning as part of a perhaps even mundane way of just the way authoritarian governments work, you know, like, they, no one wants to engage with the banality of it, like, everyone just wants to the, everyone wants, like, the TRP-friendly version of it. I don't know, like, I does that make sense? Like, I feel like what's happening is that um, there are people who, it scares me that there are people who need to be outraged and the way that they express that outrage is through, like, sending postcards to the government. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I, I think that 
the fact because they don't actually know because no one is telling us what we should do exactly so, yeah like no one is telling us this is how you win like this is what it, tactics campaigns strategies like this is not like the basic 101s of like mobilizing and community organizing i feel like are not being i feel like there are people doing that on the ground and i applaud them and i think that's great but i think there needs to be wider awareness yeah that's definitely true what's like funny to me is that you know this entire week i have like basically put being extremely online into work like so i'm implicating myself in i know i thing. saw yeah so like but that's, but that's needed i mean yeah like so i went about again doing things the way i knew how which is like really being online and sharing screenshots and like forwarding messages and just doing that and i i maybe get like 20 people to show up i think if you say okay what about the network effect let's say 100 people to that's your protest, value add yeah but today's protest right uh mm-hmm. from what i know see, there's an area in bangalore called cv ramannagar now this is not like a muslim dominated area or anything just the mosques from cv ramannagar alone apparently brought 500 people to today's protest and what did wow. they do they went to the mosque speakers and they said hey there's a protest happening and <laughs> there's nothing that breaks that kind of that's what i mean yeah it's... that's what i mean it's like i feel like all these like online millennials or gen zers that are going to have to get over their adoration for their individuality and just fucking join a organization and be part of a larger whole <laughs> like yeah like... i i i think that like we bangalore at least really needs to engage with that political space like it doesn't whatever it is to you like even if you, you like end up uh you know not being able to figure out which organization to join and you want to like uh, uh, you know take some time to do it whatever like it but that needs to start at, that needs to start somewhere yeah that question needs to be asked yeah that that desire needs to be there and i feel like that question is not being asked because i just i think i've just had a really frustrating conversation with a lot of student leaders who are like yeah we're a community of people who are protesting and political parties are stupid and we don't want to be part of the political process and like they're mocking like modi and shah and being like yeah bewakoof hai aur hum we will win and we will win and i understand that the role of a lot of student leaders is to always basically have the political version of like inspiring quotes at hand you know like the um at hand all the times so that people don't feel you know demoralized or demotivated like we can win we shall overcome but um i really think that there i think because this hasn't this, this question has not been seriously contended with and like none of us really have the answers but i think there needs to be space created for us to ask this and express a certain level of cynicism about the efficacy of what's going on because from that cynicism i think we will get some in like some hard questions about what we need to do to make sure that beyond the caa um you know beyond beyond the caa um what can we actually do to make sure that our country is you know that we can reclaim our country yeah uh, like for starters i think what has been great for this movement was the call that first of all have the indian flag everywhere at our protests today there were thousands i don't know how many indian flags i saw like there were easily a lakh or lakh and a half plus protesters today and an insane number of indian flags and the demands were always around secularism and the constitution and i think 
why that's important is because this can lead as a next step to questioning the hindutva ideology right uh, and it's also easy to organize people around something that is so difficult to debate you're like look it's the constitution yeah exactly yeah. but that's what i that's what i meant that i think that the way that the at least on social media and when i've gone to the protest the way that i've seen it being um framed i think is highly effective to have people think about the like um to have people think about you know um the threat to our country yeah you know I, you know like to have people think that we are fighting for our country to sort of and i know it's true but to state it in such a way i think is very very helpful to get people on the streets exactly like today's protest they didn't even let people in if they were carrying karnataka flags and i don't think the idea was that look we uh, we think karnataka flags are bad the idea was that the only flag you should see is the indian flag and if you see mm. bjp protests and pro ca protests you barely see indian flags i mean that's changing now because they're getting smarter but you see saffron flags you see bjp flags the lotus and this is becoming a very obvious thing to point out to people and mm. i heard for the first time in my life uh, from, we are the true patriots yeah, yeah like exactly <laughs> and i heard for the first time in my life from eidga speakers where i usually hear the azan i where prayers are usually led i heard hindustan zindabad like hundreds of times and yeah that's like a powerful message because now i don't know how you would respond to this and say that any of these people are infiltrators or not or true indians you know yeah no i mean i feel like yeah i mean especially really muslims really have to keep like the you know like need to be thumping their chests about like indian being indian being an indian national and like loving the country like that theater of like yeah we need to, we need to really like pull that out in spades to be like we're not jihadis we love this country more than you actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it's sad that it yeah. comes to that, but then that's the only way to actually. Yeah, I know it's very problematic. I mean, it's very it's 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 something that I think is. I mean, it is like a it's it's problematic in the sense that I think again the onus is being put on Muslims to prove their allegiance to this country. Um, yeah, but no know, one else is. So that we it, can. So. Yeah, so that yeah, so yeah. Like. Uh, um. Anyway, I just wanted to end with some like protest tips, unless you wanted to say something else. Uh no, I think. very good yeah i think some general protest tips might be helpful um right. so yeah <laughs> uh having yeah. like like i don't know having had a crash course in this in the last week uh thanks to section 144 and thanks to a lot of people being really afraid say uh of stepping out when you're not supposed to be stepping out uh there are a couple of general pointers i think uh well one of those would be to charge your phone <laughs> and i think this is again like uh a extremely bougie problem but it is also probably like something that we would relate to it's keep your phone in charge overnight and make sure that you know when you're stepping out of the house you have enough of that charge and then you can send people your live location and in case you know and in case especially if there's a section 144 in case there's no police permission for a protest or in case you're doing something uh, like you're doing something like a flash protest which was never intended to have permission make sure somebody can keep an eye on you uh and other than this just sort of know your rights like 
in a detainment, you don't need to hand over your phone, you don't need to hand over your wallet. Uh, but that being said, the police do circumvent a lot of these things. So section 144 basically means groups of five plus shouldn't be standing around in an unlawful assembly, right? So if you were to see that law and practice, what that would mean is that if five of you are together causing some kind of a ruckus, then they would be able to bring you in. But in practice, what happens is if one person is standing around in the road, literally staring into space, the cops might detain you. So, and the reason they have this impunity is because you can't really take them to court. Uh, and like, what, what are you going to do? You're going to take them to court and you're going to try and uh, win a case against them. Nobody's going to do that. And they know that, right? So other than that, like, uh, just generally, I think if you're in a group, try and have like a first aid kit with you. Ha try and have try and bring snacks have water things like that i think a lot of these things people forget uh but it really comes back to bite you especially like if for example today the protest turned out to be massive but it was well organized so people were handing out bananas and water and stuff but that might not always happen right uh mm -hmm. other than this you should really be wearing a pair of shoes uh, and not slippers and not something that can come off easily. And this is going to Yeah, start... no heels. Yeah, definitely no heels. Yeah. No <laughs> like, be prepared for the worst, right? Like, if the cops do chase you, uh, you're going to trip and fall, you're going to lose your footwear, you're going to get caught. And it's best to just avoid that. Someone lost the slippers uh, today, and it wasn't because of the cops. The cops were actually terrified because of inside mosque grounds looking at lakhs or probably at least a lakh of muslims there and uh that's one lakh not a lakh but uh the fact was that there was so much of a crowd outside the Eidgah trying to get in that there was just too much pushing so slippers gone and then the guy had to be barefoot so like shoes definitely uh and other than this when the protest is illegal just try and make sure that like you so try and be on time and try and tell people to be on time and this is like the like biggest pain because you need numbers when a protest is illegal for it to become de facto legal or for it to become safe right you need at least 200 to 300 people i mean depending on the number of cops that are deployed right like in fact like at mysore bank circle at the left party's protest I think there were at least 100 people detained. So not even 100 people are, is enough, especially if you arrive in smaller groups or if you're fragmented. So what you need to do is you need to stay away, stay in smaller groups, act casual, make sure you don't carry your posters like uh, without some kind of concealment, keep them in the cover, keep them in your bag. Definitely don't have them in your hand before you've joined the protest where cops can see you because then it's, it, they just need to be able to identify that you're someone who's going to protest. And the ideas of the detainment, and this is something that people don't really understand. They think that you, they, the cops want to detain you because they want to charge you or put you in jail. They couldn't care less with any of that. What they want to do is disperse the protest. They want it to be over. So the idea is that they detain a bunch of people. People get scared. They go home. Uh, so stay away and you wait. And whenever the, a big enough crowd builds up, you move towards the protest site or if there is a big enough crowd, you move directly to the protest site. So that's like general tips when 
you know it's an legal gathering as such and uh, like the last thing is i think do not get detained unnecessarily like i, I don't I, i can't believe i have to say this but there are some people on the other side of this where you actually i remember i saw posts about where an organizer said you know go up to the police and ask to be detained i don't see the value in doing this uh that is the dumbest thing this is what i mean people are so <laughs> oh my realize. god yeah that's the thing like they just want to be like they just want to make a fucking spectacle out of themselves yeah i think like jail bharao andolan type things work when you have thousands to tens of thousands of people it's not going to work in bangalore when you have just a few hundred people on the street isn't that such a rangde basanti thing to say <laughs> like, like detain me please uh and yeah like this is like gandhi and this is like what happens when people are like poisoned by like gandhian rhetoric like <laughs> slap me in the face please slap me choke me daddy to the state like so <laughs> i think like you need to understand that when you get detained you don't get out for free like first of all there are lawyers who are like losing years of their life trying to get you out of there uh so don't make unnecessary work for them first of all and second of all like you uh you end up becoming a pawn in the game right like now mm. the lawyers have to negotiate ending a protest with your release right so few people detained is always a better thing cuz like the cops can't really be like oh we're going to let these 100 people go only if you stop the protest if there are no 100 people there i think that uh, what needs to be done is your main focus in any protest is to join numbers and join with numbers and it's doubly so an illegal one uh, so don't try starting a random protest in the middle of nowhere don't try like going up to the police and saying take me in none of this actually works uh, yeah and finally i think my biggest advice in this whole atmosphere of protest is to speak to people who've done this a lot before and yeah and sort of don't think that the answers are in your head they're not like experienced people know exactly yeah. what happened and uh, that's i think similar to what happened in our in our group because there were people who've been doing this for like 8 years 10 years who basically calmed everyone down despite section 144 including myself because i'm new to the mm-hmm. well. and they were yeah okay you're going to get detained for a few hours and then you're going to get let go and the mm-hmm. only reason they're not going to be even more uh, blase than that is because they don't want to be the like in the 0.1% chance that something horrible happens they don't want to be the person who said yeah nothing will happen but the fact yeah. is that 99% of cases like you just going to get detained and let go yeah that was all super helpful um it was great having you as a guest it was great might even petition to have you um as part of our new podcast jamate islami <laughs> you know you know how jama you know how the people places are different like these the organizations have different denominations so i feel like alwi jamate islami parentheses waste fellows <laughs> um sure why not <laughs> um but yeah yeah no it was really great and um everything we said was super valuable and insightful um and yeah we definitely like think that we definitely like we definitely hope that this episode has been helpful to people to think through some questions um just not just inform with regards to the law but then to also think about larger questions about organizing and mobilizing <laughs>